This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The date of today's episode is August the 4th, 2021. If you're listening to this and pay attention, I hope you're taking the COVID Delta variant seriously. I had to sit in a doctor's office waiting room last week with a bunch of unmasked assholes in a doctor's office. I mean, sure, it's the doctor's office's responsibility to enforce their policy, and I guess they just weren't, which is shameful. But some of us are trying to be careful and take care of not only ourselves, but everyone else as well. Just wear your mask and don't be a dick. I've had a lot of questions from so many of you about astrology, not just the signs pertaining to your horoscope, but about like natal charts, retrogrades, cardinals, conjunctions, void of course, fixed signs. I could go on, but it kind of makes my brain hurt. So I enlisted the help of a good friend and something of a subject matter expert. She's not new to witchcraft off the beaten path or witchcraft in general. My guest today is Amy Blackthorne. You may remember her from season one, episode 10, Botanical Magic with Amy Blackthorne. Amy is a high priestess and practitioner of a unique blend of British traditional witchcraft and herbal magic. She's been practicing for 28 years, and she lives in Delaware. She's also a published author many times over. The books Sacred Smoke, Blackthorn's Botanical Magic, and Blackthorn's Botanical Brews, which you can find wherever fine books are sold, in both paperback and digital. She's also the host of her own podcast, the Blackthorn Grove Podcast, right here on Anchor. She's a double Virgo, which we're going to talk about. Her favorite Sabbath is Ostara. She was dedicated into her first coven, the Ostara, after her 18th birthday. Amy has a line of planetary astrological teas that are available on her website. She's been in business nearly seven years now, and she released a tarot line of teas, which are available on blackthornsbotanicals.com. She also has a series of magical teas with matching candles that she calls Blackthorns Botanicals. Please welcome Amy Blackthorn. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. It's been quite a while since you and I like swapped stories and spoke and had a great time on a podcast or otherwise. So I'm so glad you're here. I, I miss being in person with friends, but I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to just chat on Zoom. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, it's not, it won't ever be the same as being in person, but right. we are fortunate enough. Other plagues that have happened, people didn't get to see each other at all. And if they did, they just died. So now we have the, the technology to take care of our personal relationships with things like, you know, cell phone calls, obviously, but Zoom, so you can see one another. So it's, it's wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. So the reason that I contacted you about this, because First of all, if you don't know, if you're listening, if you don't know, Amy Blackthorne knows everybody and she knows a lot of stuff. And so I always know if I need a SME on something, I can probably contact Amy Blackthorne. So if you would, let's just kind of dive right in. And before we start, one of the biggest questions I get, and I know some of this stuff, but I'm not, I'm in no way an expert. And, and I'm just gonna say Amy's an expert. Let's talk about what retrogrades are and what they mean, if you could. Absolutely. I get this question approximately four times a year. When Mercury retrograde happens, everyone loses their mind. But th because it happens so often, because Mercury is the first planet, it moves, it has the shortest circuit around the sun, it has the, the most frequent retrograde period. So people think that it's the only thing that goes retrograde, and it's not the case. Retrograde means that when we are standing on the Earth, looking up at the stars, looking up at our planets, 
retrograde period is when this singular orbit appears to reverse for a period of time. It looks like the planet is moving backwards in its course. It isn't really, it hasn't changed, it hasn't you know, lost its position. But because of that backwards movement, we notice things that are happening in our realm, in our, in our own interpersonal relationships at the same time. Okay. So that backwards movement, what it can do and what it has been the ability to do is let us know when we're experiencing that, it's a good indication of, hey, there's some things that might need some more attention right about this time. When we take each of those pieces, uh, for Mercury, for example, because it's happened so frequently, that is an indication that we need to take a little bit more time with our communication. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong necessarily. What it indicates is that there could be some issues. People have a tendency to look at astrology from a backwards way that we really mean it. There's a Carl Jung quote on astrology and he says, we were born at a given moment and in a given place like vintage years of wine. We have the qualities of the year and the season in which we are born. Astrology does not lay claim to anything more. And what that means is we use the cues from the planets, whether it's retrograde or not, to understand what is happening. We don't necessarily think that this is causing it. Right. Uh, that's, that's a very fine point. Um, between astrologers, but it is a good indication of some of the things that are happening. So Mercury, Venus, Mars, everybody has their own individual retrograde periods, but because the distance from the sun is so much more vast, keep in mind, as large as the planets are, every planet in our solar system could fit between here and the moon with plenty of space left over. Space is big, ghastly big. So when the further out you get from the sun, the longer those retrograde periods tend to last. So for example, when we look at our birth charts and we talk about where the planets were in the sky when we were born. Okay. When we get out to things like Pluto, when we get all the way at the edges, those associations are for an entire generation. That's where that idea of a generation comes from. Pluto is gonna make one circuit for 20 years. So that's where we have those ideas of what a generation is and how they, they come to be thought about. So those retrograde periods can take much longer and longer times. Because Mercury is so quick, our little fast moving friend, that retrograde period's, you know, almost about three weeks. Three long weeks sometimes. Three long weeks. <laughs> <laughs> three months worth of three weeks in, on occasion. <laughs> An entire month's worth of Mondays. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'm, you know, and, and uh, I, th I have to say that like, I've had some really rough mercury in retrograde periods but generally i try to just sort of mind my p's and q's i don't lash out on anybody get the internet you know i don't like send somebody some scathing email i'll kind of tone it down whatever uh but generally i mean it's a reminder also you're in charge of yourself so don't don't go don't lose your head you know for me uh which i'm an aries so i am really <laughs> quick to do you know to lose my head Tell me what some of the other planet retrogrades are about or what they're like. Like, what would Venus in retrograde be like? Is that a love thing? It is a love thing. Uh, Venus is associated with beauty and the arts, luxury items, all of those things, not just necessarily sex. Right. But what it does for us is it brings up old issues surrounding those ideas so that we can move past them. So you might get a phone call from an old ex who says, hey, you know, I think I, I think I miss you. 
or hey i've got syphilis <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you might want to go both. get tested yeah exactly <laughs> so yes absolutely it brings up those ideas of who we are connected with and who we'd like to be um spending more time with and who we are so glad that we finally got over right those those old wounds that's the great thing about retrograde people freak out and they're they're scared and it's the perfect time it's the universe's way of letting us wrap up old outstanding things to make sure that we're ready to move forward with a new good thing okay and if making sure that our um jerk ex who slept on your brother's couch for six months like never comes back that's mm -hmm. good we, we <laughs> like that just you can stay gone so what would my home planet mars what would that be <laughs> my home planet uh, in retrograde look like i love mars I can't imagine it's good they're all good they're they're all good and they're all not necessarily comfortable my <laughs> mistake they're all, they're not bad they're not the tower card is not bad so i'm sorry i interrupted go ahead so when we talk about mars we're looking at the idea of how we deal with interpersonal conflict okay so while mercury deals with that very quick mercurial communication mars is more how we deal with interpersonal conflicts it's not necessarily communication but it is how we deal with the people in our lives okay uh, how we how we deal with the the jerk who's always stealing your coffee mug in the office like right. how do we how do we move past these interpersonal conflicts that leave us feeling helpless or hopeless or just lost what about one more let's see what about jupiter Jupiter is retrograde right now, so it's very timely that we're talking about this. Ooh, I feel psychic. I'm not, but I feel psychic. <laughs> <laughs> or am I? Unless you were born during a Jupiter retrograde, mm -hmm. which, you know, bless you. Uh, <laughs> Jupiter retrogrades are very difficult for money. Like when I, when I see Jupiter retrograde is coming on the calendar, I make sure and I put a little extra nest egg away okay. because I know I'm not going to get any more money coming in during that retrograde period. Okay. It's great for cleaning up loose ends as far as debt's concerned. Okay. If you want to get your, if you want to clean up your credit report, you want to have that moving forward to clean slate. If you're buying a house, if you're looking to buy a car, making any larger purchases, mm -hmm. Jupiter retrograde is a good time to sort of clear all that stuff off your plate. Okay. All right. So it is money is, think of money moving backwards. Oh, so going away from you. <laughs> in yes. other words, so. how long does that last? <laughs> Are we, we're in it right now. Is Has it been a We're lot? in it right now. We've been in a couple of weeks. It's probably going to be another two weeks. It's a little longer mm -hmm. than something like the Mercury retrograde that we talked about. Right. Okay. Um, till, so we're looking at closer to the end of the year. Ay, Dios mio. Really? <laughs> that, that's yes. more than a couple weeks. Did you mean months? Well, I was trying to be gentle. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So <laughs> gen gentleness worked until I asked another fucking question. <laughs> so, all right. So let's move on from that because I'm starting to get depressed. Um, <laughs> let's talk about what the signs are in relation to the elements, like the air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. What does that have to do with your natal chart, if you were charting something? So each of those, when we look at the chart, mm -hmm. when you can actually, it's neat when I, when I can do it visually, you can start on a piece of paper and write down the signs, okay. breaking them into three columns. Okay. And a neat thing happens. You get each of our planets 
that uh, each of our signs, when we're looking at the elements, you can see right away which is mutable, which is fixed, and which is cardinal. It's not just a dividing line between each of the signs. It's the way the signs behave, and it's a way that they can understand each other and great for interpersonal relationships. Okay. So, for example, our Earth signs. We have Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Yes. So we have our fixed, remember, think of the bull digging his little hooves into the ground, mm -hmm. mutable Virgo in the middle, and then Cardinal Capricorn, this bossy. Okay. I came out wrong. My mother's a Capricorn. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is she listening to this? It might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it might, might be okay. Um, so when we look at them, each, each one of those ideas, uh, for example, fire, Leo is fixed. Aries is the Cardinal. Yay. And Sagittarius is immutable. I have um, a dear friend is a is a Sagittarian, and it's uh, we we jokingly tell him he's you know Sagittarians are the emo fire sign. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with all the love. This is what I was making a note about a second ago. Can we go over the definitions for mutable, fixed, and cardinal? Yes, yes, we can. So when we when we look at the relationship between the sign to the people around them. Cardinal, think of a big fire column that is reaching out to the heavens. These are the signs for each, you know, earth, air, fire, and water, mm -hmm. where they want to look to themselves as leaders. Okay. They want you to be able to reach out for them to lead you in the right direction. That sounds like Aries. <laughs> yeah. Is Aries so, a cardinal? Yes, Aries is a cardinal. Okay. Mutable is sort of the wishy-washy middle child. Oh, Pisces. Yeah. <laughs> Between <laughs> each Sorry, honey. I apologize, babe. <laughs> Cardinal. Mutable. You're getting me in trouble. I know, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so fixed are the the stubborn youngest child who stamping their foot saying, You gotta listen to me because I said so. Okay. So each of these designs gives you a, an overarching theme about their their personality. Okay. So all of the mixed, all the all the mutable, all the fixed and all the cardinals will each group together according to their sign because they understand the power of leadership or they understand how hard it is to be caught in the middle. Right, okay. So it's such a neat thing to look at each of these pieces as how they interact with each other mm -hmm. as opposed to how do they interact with, with us. Okay. So you can tell that the mutable Virgo mm -hmm. and the fixed Taurus get along pretty well okay so they work out they hang out really well together because they're looking at this cardinal for their leadership okay this cardinal capricorn okay it can get finicky but it's such a neat thing when you're looking at how each one comes together so when you're writing down on your piece of paper as i mentioned with you with our neat little trick is you can go aries taurus gemini one, two, three, mm -hmm. and then keep going, listing the order of signs, and you have all of the earth signs, all the, the all the mutable signs, all the fixed signs, all the cardinal signs. So Aries in one column, Taurus in the next, and Gemini in the third. Right. Then Cancer, then Cancer on the end, and you get then you'll have the little list will say Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. Okay. All right. So now you have all the earth signs, all the water signs, all the fire signs. They're all already grouped together. Well, I did not know that. That's really fucking cool. <laughs> that saves a lot of, I mean, not for me, I don't chart, but that saves a lot of guesswork, obviously, as to what. Which one is which? Gosh, thanks for that. I'm going to make a graphic to post with this podcast 
and thank you very much. Now that we've had that little primer, um, let's go back. Let's talk about Saturn. My favorite things is we we chatted up. This actually brought up yesterday or last week. We talked about Saturn. This is a very popular meme going around saying, "Hey, if you look at your birth chart and you look at where Saturn is, you can find out what happens to the people who try and mess with you." And Saturn is how your spirits, guides, friends, family, ancestors are helpful to you if someone is is trying to cause you issue. Is that meme? accurate in your opinion oh yes thousand percent okay good um i'm gonna read it to you so you know what we're talking about ever since i found out that where saturn is and your chart is where other people get karma from fucking with you i move different at sugar plum chris baby priestess so when you look on your birth chart and you find our little friend saturn that is the point at which you can see where the universe has your back. Someone messes with you, guesses this is what's gonna happen. So for example, my Saturn is in the first house in Libra. Okay. So the first house is your outward personality. This is the house of self. This is, um, not only does it rule your what your appearance is, but it also is, pardon my hiccups. That's okay, I just burped. <laughs> Who you are when someone meets you at a party. Okay. You and I bump into each other at a party. I'm dressed like the goddess Aphrodite. How do you do? Right. <laughs> because Saturn is in my first house, mm -hmm. my house of self. Mm -hmm. If someone were to become a problem for me, what that looks like for them is they lose their sense of self. Ah, okay. All right. They lose that because my, my Saturn is in Libra, that balance that Libra provides, they, they lose it. Their, their life falls out of balance. They lose their sense of self that this is the universe providing balance. Okay. So if your Saturn was in the second house, uh, because that's where money and your possessions live, you may lose your money, your possessions. You may wreck your car, or you may have very catastrophic monetary losses. Okay. If your Saturn popped up in the third house, mm -hmm. that's ruled by communication. So your communications may break down. You may lose the ability to communicate effectively because you have lost that connection to yourself. Again, this is if somebody tries to mess with you, that happens, this happens to the other person. Correct. Just to, just to clarify, thank you. So this is not, we're not talking about curses. No, curses. sure. We're talking about the cause and effect of interpersonal relationships. So if that person's Saturn was in the fourth house, that's where your home and your parents, uh, the circumstances of your birth, your your roots okay are i'll live in the fourth house so if someone were to cause an issue for someone with that fourth house mm -hmm. saturn because remember saturn is uh saturn is hades saturn is mm -hmm. death and not just the renewal but bringing an end to these things that's why we're understanding how this works right so this person may lose their home this person may be alienated by their family okay these are these are all very nuanced things but it's so neat yeah it is really i'm i'm super <laughs> like invested in this conversation i cannot wait to hear more and we're on four and i feel like we're running out of houses so all right so five 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 is romance children uh where your creativity comes from so if you are an author say and and yeah there's an issue with somebody with a siren fifth house you may lose your ability to connect to your own creativity for a bit. You may need to do some soul searching and figure out where that went. Ooh, that's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that hits me pretty hard, you know? So 
I feel like a pretty creative person and that would really fuck me up. And it's happened before. It's writer's block, but perpetually that would be horrible. <laughs> Sorry, fifth house, Saturn's. Um, sixth house, that's where your work and your health are coming, but also acts of service. So if you mess with, if you cause an issue for someone with Saturn in their sixth house, mm-hmm. um, they may lose their job. They may have ill health. Uh, you would likely need to engage in acts of service uh, for other people to release that burden. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole community service thing. I mean, you are fucked up if you, <laughs> if you do that. You like Community service hours. Karmic community <laughs> service. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Seven is marriage and partnerships. So when, you, when you're looking at the wheel that, that pops up when we talk about our birth charts, mm-hmm. they start at the eight o'clock position and it goes counterclockwise. So we're all the way around um, almost to four o'clock okay. to find that seven. So the seventh house is marriage and partnerships. So you could have, uh, you could suffer the loss of a relationship in a romantic endeavor because you spent so much effort on this vendetta against our poor Saturn in the seventh house. Okay. Eight. That's sex, death, and religion. It's also other people's money. So if you have an issue with a Saturn, eighth house, you could lose a sexual partnership. Okay. You may lose someone close to you. It makes you, makes you re-examine how you act out in public where there are other people can be hurt. Right. Uh, it can it can cause other issues. Uh, that other people's money clue. There's a a, a case I had to work on. Uh, okay. We're omitting details because oh sure legal things. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone was embezzling. Okay. They got they got busted for embezzlement. That other people's money is a is a finicky clue. Right. Um, but we were able to, this, this person is now in a women's federal prison. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, this, this was big time embezzlement. This was a federal, this was a federal case. Um, so there are, there are big challenges that, that come in when we look at these issues, mm-hmm. but also uh, I really hope, and I really feel like, I hope this person gets the help that they need. Because this was this was a this was a long term it was a Ponzi scheme. Oh man, okay. So that other people's money was a big deal. Nine. Nine is higher education, travel, okay. religion, philosophy. Publishing is also ruled by the ninth, ninth house. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, that's a that's a good evil cackle because um, there are it's so sad that they're the witch wars that happen in pagan community. Uh, but that could also be that could also be something that's catastrophic. Someone has uh, Saturn in the ninth house, and which A starts a fight with which B, which A can lose their their publishing contract because you know lots of publishing houses have morality clauses. Y'all got to get along. Is that what you're saying? Basically, yes. authors yes. need to get along. Don't shit talk another one, etc., cetera, et cetera, <laughs> because morality clauses. Then career status and reputation is the tenth house. You could lose your reputation. You could lose your your status as you know. We'll say CEO of Fountain Corp. You can you could be demoted. You could lose your job at that company, and you could lose your individual career. You'd, you know, I'm gonna go be a massage therapist. Uh, you know, I'll just I'm gonna go hide over here in the in the calm, chill, and rethink about my life. Yeah. Okay. Eleventh house is friends, groups, goals, and your individual aspirations. Okay. So the things that we want from our life, it's the things that we spend time daydreaming about. It's not just the people that we love. 
So if we looked at Saturn in the 11th house, you spot that there, this person could lose their entire friend group by being a jerk to whoever, you know, person B, person A could lose everyone they, they care about in their friend group, just excommunicated. Yep. And then we have the 12th house, which is one of my favorites. Um, and especially because uh, Saturn is ruled by the 12th house. We actually have a little communication there because 12th is seduction, secrets, spirituality, self-sabotage. It's, um, we talk about death, rebirth, karma, those big endings of cycles, because it's a circle for a reason. We go to the 12th house, it goes right back, feeds back into the first house. Right. When we talk about birth charts, you can look at the chart and it's divided into four quadrants. It looks like a big pie. Okay. If you start over at the nine o'clock position, that's your where your rising sign is. That's where you find what, what your rising is. So yeah. basically in the West, that's where Correct. that would... Yes. So we start in the West and then we go to the South, just like our little banishing circle. Our rising sign is there. So this piece of the pie between West and South, that is how you affect yourself. Okay. The second quadrant would be between South and East on that slice of pie. Right. Six to three on the clock. Correct. Or, there we go. Got it. Okay. So that is... That is how you affect the community. So the what would be on your left side, but it's technically considered the right side, mm -hmm. it's, ba it's all backwards because we're supposed to be looking up at the sky. Oh, okay. Well, it makes perfect sense. Okay. That's why, that's why everything looks backwards. It's not really. <laughs> the half that is on the west is about you. The half that's on the east is about your community. So that would make number three, how your outside voice affects your community. Not just how you as a person, but you and your organization is the larger you. Okay. And then quadrant number four is how the community affects you. Got it. Okay. It's so neat when you put all these things together because, I mean, I, <laughs> my intro to astrology, intro introduction to reading your birth chart class is usually eight hours. What? <laughs> and, and people leave with, with their brains leaking out their ears. That's <laughs> what, when I mentioned a moment ago that thinking about all this stuff made my brain ache, this is why I'm talking to you. <laughs> There's math involved and you get this. So that's the circle of the chart. And there are all kinds of things in that circle of the chart. Correct. And those are the, those are, okay, I, I'm getting, I'm, it's starting to make, the, do I sound like I'm confident in this? No, but it's starting to sort of come together for me. Are you laughing right now? <laughs> I'm I'm love I'm I'm loving all of this. Okay, good. Okay. So your rising sign is over here at nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. Your midheaven or the Imam Coli is at noon. Your sun sign is who that person is when you meet at a party. Hi, I'm Amy and I'm dressed like Aphrodite. Right. Your rising sign is who you're trying to be. You're trying to really emulate that person. Is the rising sign the midheaven? Rising sign is at nine o'clock. Midheaven is at 12 o'clock. Okay, got it. There's also a descendant at three o'clock and the uh, the Imam Coli is the bottom. Say that word again. Imam Coli. The medium Coli is 12 o'clock, your midheaven. So when we can divide this piece of pie into four pieces, they each have a different idea over who we are, how we present to ourselves, how we present to our communities, and, and who it looks like from the outside when you're driving by our house at two o'clock in the morning. They're all part of our personality. When, when they ask what your, what's your sign, they mean, what's your sun sign? 
It's such a small part of that, which is why people talk about birth charts because it's the whole picture. And there's so much really neat, finicky data that you can actually pull out of this about health, about life, about your life path, what you'd be happiest doing. Mm -hmm. If you look at your birth chart right now, um, those of you playing the home game, you can pull up alabe.com slash free chart. And it's a free chart processing software. It comes up with two pages of whatever's on your birth chart. If you look for Jupiter, actually, I'm going to pull up my birth chart because alabe.com slash free chart. Yeah, I kind of want to, I mean, I, I have done my chart many times, but I'm like, oh, look at that. It's a chart. I don't know what the fuck it means. So <laughs> the, the chart that comes up when you pull up that website is actually the astrological weather. And you can check that anytime, day or night, and it'll translate it for you. Okay. You can use mine if you want as an example. Ooh. Okay. So oh, that sounds good. I thought you were going to be like, oh, I <laughs> sucks to be you. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when an astrologer looks at your chart and goes, oof, you might want to keep walking. I used to do one-on-one um, -on -one consultations, like a minimum of an hour with, with clients. And it's the, the printout of just the stuff that we talk about, these 35 pages. Do you see my eyeballs right now? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. It's it's a lot. So I wish I had some people who listened to that advice. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So what have you got? So I've run your chart and now I'm looking at, this is really fantastic. So your, <laughs> your Jupiter is in Sagittarius in the third house. Okay. So I'm really liking this for you. Oh, so good. When we look at the third house, the third house is communication, huh? Your immediate environment, brothers and sisters, like think of family on the same level as you, not up or down, not your know, parents, grandparents, not children, just okay. siblings. Okay. Um, so communication being your, this is actually, I love this so much. Oh. Your best, your happiest at work when you have the ability to communicate others. <laughs> Podcaster, that's cray cray. I love it so much. So the idea of that Sagittarian energy, so when you apply it to the whole of the third house, as well as the individual Jupiter, it says that not only do you love this communication, that it's that it's important and vital to your work happiness to be able to communicate effectively and to bring your message to other people. Holy shit. But you wind <laughs> up changing, you change your job more often than you feel like you should just because the Sagittarius needs some, some more energy, some more input, some more, something new and exciting. Wow. So you could leave your job tomorrow because it's, there's a new thing that's, that's awesome and incredible. That's the Sagittarius energy coming into your Jupiter. Holy shit. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Mine is, my Jupiter is in my first house. So the house of self. So I'm happiest when I work for myself, which is why you work for yourself. I, I, I have 38 business cards with my, my name on them and different stuff that I that do. That is incredible. <laughs> you know, I, I've got my, my freelance writer business cards, my executive protection business cards, my, you know, on down the line, but I have to work for myself because everyone else is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty freaking cool. Um, what else you said it looked good. So what else do you yes. looks fantastic oh. on there? <laughs> Actually, where's my Saturn? I want to know what house my Saturn is in. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> 
What are we saying about the ninth house? That's exactly where your Saturn is. <gasps> okay, ninth house, tell me again. I don't remember. Higher education, travel, religion, philosophy, publishing, and law. Oh my goodness. Okay. That's All you right. in a little house. Yeah. Oh, that's that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what is in okay, so do you mind going through the, the all the houses and telling me what's what? Because I don't know what I'm looking at. Heck yeah, let's go for it. And real quick, again, if you're listening, this website is what? The website, the company is called Astrolab. It's A-L-A-B-E dot com slash free chart to find your birth chart. Okay. Like anyone, you can actually go a thousand years in the future and see what your great descendant's birthday birth chart looks like. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. The great thing about that is if you're a new person, if you're looking to experience and understand astrology, mm-hmm. they always have the up to the minute astrological weather on their website at all times. So something weird is going on and somebody says, is Mercury in retrograde? And you know, it isn't. You can actually go there and see what is retrograde and how that's impacting what's going on right this minute. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. It's really fantastic. Okay. Like I said, I've done this before for myself. No idea what it means. I'm like, what? Look, such pretty colors and all those squiggly lines, you know, no idea. (sighs) This is, mm. so I love that your moon is in your first house. Okay. Your emotional center is rooted very specifically in how you see yourself okay so you're happiest when you feel like you look you look put together you feel together it's not necessarily about makeup or haircuts or things Mm -hmm. it's more about your view of yourself as a whole person okay so your emotional needs are fulfilled when you feel like a whole put together person okay your sense of self is derived from that connection between who you are as a, as a person mm-hmm. and the person you are on the inside that the little soft shell of a person who doesn't necessarily get to come out and play all that often so really quick question about that and I, I may be on the wrong track completely does that indicate that i give a shit what people think about me yeah all right because I, I try not to i really try not to care what anybody thinks about me but i'm human you know so i mean like one of those things so okay that's that's probably not at its base the most important part of that but it seems to me to be that's kind of what i'm hearing so i could be totally off base but okay sorry for interrupting again that's okay so also in your first house is pluto pluto is in virgo in your first house so as we as we mentioned the entirety of your generation will have the same signs the same uh astrological influence so Pluto and Virgo, uh, everyone in this generation has uh, pretty adept at helping others, that offering their practical advice when necessary. Um, Virgos are all about what's practical, uh, what's efficient. Said by the Virgo. <laughs> Said by the double Virgo. <laughs> it's painful, I know. <laughs> practical and efficient? Yes. And that is, that. tell me again where that is. That's in your first house. Okay. So okay. your sense of self. Mm-hmm. when it comes to the things that you find are really important are okay. being able to connect with people being able to be available for them this gives you a sense of purpose a sense of self and a sense of uh, why you're on this planet okay and that that says that's also reflected in the, the jobs that you've chosen uh, throughout your lifetime okay and you know those jobs, yes. so that makes sense to you? Makes sense. All the sense. Okay, perfect. Uranus is in Libra in the second house. So we talked about the second house. The idea of not just money and not just the things that it can bring us, but 
really the things that we place value on more than the monetary paper stuff. So you are really good at taking the things that you place a personal value on and setting them to the wind if it's for the right reason. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what? I am I have I got chicken skin right now. Sir, I've got goosebumps. That is Amy, that's nuts. Okay. I mean, it's not like I don't believe in this stuff because I do. But this is like, I don't know. I sorry. Keep going. It's, I gotta it's totally fine. I keep interrupting you. I'm trying not to. Okay. Okay. Third house. We've got Neptune and Jupiter. Both. Oh, holy cow. I just noticed one, two, three, four, five planets are in retrograde in your birth chart. Yep. What? That doesn't, that doesn't seem fantastic to me. But again, it's not bad, right? Yeah, correct. It's not bad. But that means that those retrograde periods are actually good luck for you. So Jupiter in retrograde is good luck for you. Like, oh, 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 I'm writing that down. Okay. Jupiter <laughs> is, is good luck. What else? So Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, and Mercury are all retrograde in your birth chart. Mercury is retrograde mm -hmm. in my birth chart. Yep. So that is actually good luck for me. Mm -hmm. Zoinks. That is good to know. <laughs> I told you at the beginning of this that I haven't had a whole lot of really bad retrogrades. Mm -hmm. But what that could have been is just, you know, a shitty day. Or <laughs> I really was uh, speaking reactively or something. But that's good to know. I'm kind of a, well, I feel good about that. Okay. That's fantastic. So they're both in the third house. We talked about communication and your immediate environment. People take immediate environment to mean home, uh, but it's not the home of the fourth house. It's, it's separate. It's your immediate environment versus like the place where you grew up. Two different, two different things. Okay. So Got it. the way that you communicate, we talked about Jupiter being awesome. But Neptune actually brings some of that energy to bear in that Sagittarius. When we look at Neptune itself, just by itself, it suggests that you're an intuitive thinker, that you spend a lot of time um, reacting with intuition rather than stopping to think about a lot of the, the little nitpicky details of things. You're able to give people right out there. That also is a little bit of the influence of Sagittarius, um, but it just like shoots out okay. of your gut rather than processing through your brain when you're when you're yeah anybody that's ever known me for more than about two minutes will say yeah huh because that's what she does you know i always kind of attributed that to being an aries because that's kind of also a, a very impetuous aries we don't think before we speak generally you know i mean i'm speaking for myself but all you aries out there y'all know it's true shut up <laughs> so we have mars in the fifth house in ooh, capricorn that is that is a that is a thing that just happened. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? What do you mean by that? What that's the thing that just happened? So, Holy crap! Mars in the fifth house means you're very passionate, um, not just about work, but about play, about leisure, about things that drive you passionately. Um, and we talked about uh, Capricorn being that cardinal Earth that says, "Hey, let me lead you." When we are when we put all of those things together, it gives you someone who's a little bit of a thrill seeker who who needs not just like jumping out of airplanes, but needs change in scenery on a regular basis. Yes. Your work, your home, your family, you've got to rearrange the furniture probably six months from now since you, you moved in, you know. <laughs> About three or four months ago, yeah. It's great because it helps bring life into your casual relationships. It helps keep your, your not just your familial relationships, but your friends' relationships um, warm and loving too. It's not just the the Aries saying, "Hey, let's do something awesome." It's it's that fifth house 
Mars saying, hey, all of this stuff needs to go. All this stuff, like, let's let's mix it up some. This is sounding like me. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> As if you hadn't guessed that already. One we have not talked about yet mm -hmm. is your North Node. So for those of you playing the home game, the nodes are these neat little, we call them songs of creation. Okay. And each one of these has a different nodule of information. Okay. So there's the part of fortune. Um, that's where you find joy and fulfillment in your life. This is the your, your lucky star, so to speak. Okay. It's a harmonic point of happiness where uh, the universe sort of converges to give you a little extra luck in that one area. Oh, that's nice. Your north node, it sort of looks like uh, a, a, a string outline of a bouffant hairdo. <laughs> it's okay. two little circles with a, like a, a loop on the top of it. String outline of a bouffant hairdo. <laughs> that, please write that in one of your books, please. I'm, I'm gonna put that in the self-care book. We're gonna talk about the bouffant hairdo. So that's where your new growth is. That's where new ideas come from. That's where you can grow as a person throughout okay. your lifetime, not, not just, next Tuesday, but this is the path of your lifetime to find this new growth aspect. So this is a brand new shiny cup that's being ready to be filled by your experiences over your lifetime. The south node, usually when you look on your birth chart, it'll only show one. It'll usually only show the north node. The south node is directly opposite. So because your north node is here in the sixth house, it'll be across the way okay. in the twelfth house is where the south node so the south node is your it's of course it's the opposite but it's the cup that is filled by your past it is the whole of your experiences that fill up that cup and make you who you are okay so it's it's a reward for your growth um when it's full it is ready to be imbibed it is ready to be drunk it's ready to be consumed as a part of who you are so the 12th house has that experience for you so the 12th house is sex death religion karma all that the endings and the beginnings but because of that you're the perfect person to have transitional experiences with uh, you'd be you'd be a good death worker you'd be very uh, adept and aware uh, available for the people around you who need to talk about grief and okay. loss do you know one of my closest friends is a death worker that's pretty that's really that's fantastic Melanie, did you hear that? That's really cool. <laughs> Interrupting again, but that's incredible. I never really thought I would be good at that, but my friend that is a death doula mm -hmm. has really inspired me. And also Mortellus, I mean, let's- <gasps> Who's amazing. Let's, I know, have also really inspired me to look at death very differently. And I'm, I've come to a very, I feel like I'm much more comfortable with the idea and the idea of arranging for myself being my own advocate for how my death happens and what I, what to do with me afterwards. Um, and so I'm really warming up to that. So that's really interesting for you to tell me that. I'm, I'm really loving this. Well, me too. I gotta tell you, I was, <laughs> I was seriously, I'm, I've always been afraid somebody's gonna go, oh, they look at my birth chart. So you're really giving me a lot of life in this. So thank you very much. Also in this particular house, we have your Venus in Pisces. Oh. Mm -hmm. So your Venus is not just loving relationships. I mean, it is kind of that, but Venus gets a bad rap. The, the planet also reveals and the revealing is so perfect. Things about beauty and luxury and the arts. And, you know, if you 
If you wanted to go paint a painting tomorrow, you could look at your personal Venus and see where some of that can come in to play. Okay. Those things, those, I feel like we don't give that enough value. So that energy of Pisces is that beautiful, incredible, in touch person that you get to give to the world. <laughs> does it mean anything that I'm married to a Pisces? That absolutely does. That's a oh, thousand, okay. <laughs> a thousand percent. Um, <laughs> okay. All right. yeah, <laughs> no, that's a, that's Pisces. a really good. Uh, a lot of times when we look at our Venus, we find our ideal person in our sign. So, oh, okay. Uh, I have I have a bunch of uh, cancers that I'm really close friends with because. You know, so your brain just says, oh, hey, let's fill in this little gaps. Think of it yeah. as a as a little brick wall. You were just filling in the little gaps with the the cement of the people in their lives. Okay. And so we we tend to seek out and those qualities in our in our romantic partnerships that give us the the things that we're missing. So that's a thousand percent is totally a thing. Oh my god, this is crazy. Okay, all right, perfect. Thank you. So in your eighth house. Mm, you have both Mercury and your sun. So when we talk about the eighth house, those shared values that we find within our communities, because remember that half of the chart talks about the, the world around us. Okay. It talks about shared values with the people that we love, not just in a romantic setting, but in a way that we interact with them. So that it does it does talk about sex, does rule sex, okay. death, regeneration. Um, that others people's money that we talked about when we talked about Saturn but that when we put all those things together and there's a big pool of all the energies that are happening in this house to put the sun and mercury together in there is a really great thing to have happen because your communication and your sense of self you know that, that image that we project are both in that house of sex death and rebirth which also leads back to that 12th house thing that we were talking about relating to death right oh my goodness so they're both sort of vibing right with you right there okay oh my god that's this is incredible this is really truly incredible i'm gonna send you a gift basket oh. <laughs> oh really this is sincerely like blowing my brains out this is amazing you do um i i really like that mercury is in retrograde in this house mm -hmm. because it gives you the ability to really clear up any old issues uh, regarding ex-partners, ex-friends, anyone that you had a, a closer than, you know, random friendship with. Right, close friends. Whether that be sexual, right, close friends, se um, sexual partners. It gives you the ability to really clear up the air and get them moved on their way. Okay. In a timely manner. So it's really great for um, maintaining your own sanity and the, the comfort of the relationships that you do endure. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And we talked about Saturn in the next house. The neat thing is, when people look at their charts, my chart, for example, I only have planets on the left side. Okay. Meaning only. Meaning that third and the first <laughs> quadrant. Correct. The fourth and first. So the west side of the. Yeah. Okay. So you only have planets over there. I only have planets over there. Okay. When we look at the houses that appear to be empty in your uh, in your chart the entire fourth quadrant is empty <gasps> and you indeed mm -hmm. it is indeed. uh so it looks like oh well well do i do do i just not have any influences there no not the case 
the exterior ring that has our our little friends labeled on it mm -hmm. those are the planets that are impacting that house those are that's the energy that's impacting that house even if there's no planet in there you still have that energy ruling over that house okay so am i correct in assuming that it's gemini cancer leo virgo is your um is your rise is your rising so gemini gemini would be the influencer of the of the house right below it okay. so if you count one two three four five six seven eight nine ten so okay. gemini would rule that tenth house okay cancer would rule 11 and leo would rule your 12th house wow so when you look at how leo reacts with the energy of leo and how beautiful and shiny and sparkly it is that attention seeking maybe the the keywords are i will and we talk about love and pleasure um happy pursuits recreation all of those being in your house of you know karma and death and religion would be really fantastic to see something like you being able to volunteer at a hospice okay that would actually be a, a nice fulfilling thing for you okay that could be um you could find a hobby that i don't know building caskets for you know parents of who have lost a child those those hobbies and those pleasures will be fulfilling for you because you're being of service to someone else and like everybody wins that's nuts this is this is incredible Okay. <laughs> when you're looking at this chart that we got from this website that you mentioned um the the outer ring is all of the uh the astrological signs and then mm -hmm. there's a little tick marks in the inner second ring inside are those just degrees yes okay okay and so the individual chunks of the second to the inside thing Mm -hmm. ring those are your houses yes okay beginning with yeah we're starting at nine o'clock right under the virgo it's got the moon and yeah that's that's the first house okay all right and then the inner with the look like a string art right it looks yes. like you're making a making a spider web that is <laughs> so that is the designation for all the different co-relationships between planets so okay trines squares quincux sextiles those are really interesting, but they're they're a little bit more mathy. Okay. It's how those planets play off of each other. If you have something that's directly across from each other, they're in opposition. So they're playing tug of war with that that so that string will tell you, hey, these these guys don't like each other. Don't don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> right. So that in my case, there's nothing in the like sort of there's nothing in that that section you were talking about. It all right. goes from Let's see the uh, the first house to the mm -hmm. tenth. Fourth. House. That's it. And tenth. Yeah. yeah. No, there's nothing in it. You have a couple things that are very close, but they're nothing that nothing that's really jumping out at you. And nothing is directly across from anything else. Right. Okay. One of the things that I look at when I uh, when I do a progression appointment with someone is we take this chart that you're looking at and we spin it into today. Okay. And so we look to see those lines in the center. Those are tasks that you have on your cosmic to-do list for this lifetime. Okay. Bing, bing, bing. So when you progress it, you can actually see some of those things fall away because they've checked them off your list. Okay. 
How do you? Oh, it's a it's a very complicated computer program. Okay, I got it. Okay, yeah. So that's for another podcast at another time. Yes. The the when I first purchased it in gosh probably 2004 mm-hmm. it was 900 dollars for the software and i just passed out so you'll have to wake me up in a minute <laughs> god that's like buying the whole photoshop suite you know everything yes. that that uh, adobe offers wow well i mean for somebody that is so dedicated to this work i mean it is money well spent and it was probably a tax write-off at some point yes you know? yeah. yes good 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 oh my god that is incredible okay so thank you first of all Secondly, email your address to me because you are going to get some sort of gift out of this. I appreciate that. I'm not going to let anybody <laughs> do a chart for nothing. Uh, and do you offer this service online to people or by appointment? Or is this the kind of thing that if they know you and they can come to a thing and they're in the same area? On amyblackthorn.com, you can make an appointment to have to schedule a reading with me. And we can make a lengthier appointment. Right now, they're, they're half an hour appointments for intuitive readings. Right. But I can make... I can make an example or I can make a, a, a space for a back-to-back appointment for an hour. That's the very minimum to talk about all the stuff that we've, we're going to go through there. Oh my God. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Amyblackthorn.com, right? Correct. What is your new book about? I'm actually waiting for my first round edits to come back probably on Tuesday. <laughs> so this is Blackthorn's Protection Magic. This is a single topic focused book of this is this is my this is your life <laughs> those of you who have not met me yet my the last 15 years i've spent working in executive protection and uh security work right i i posted on my personal facebook today that the building where i used to be head of security uh just looks like a, a giant monstrosity of glass and steel mm-hmm. so i'm able to blend in this book my background as a self-defense instructor with my background as uh, a witch and as a high priestess mm-hmm. into one book. My my amazing and fantastic editor, who I would, I, I, I just love this woman more than words. Judica is just an amazing human and you should read all of her books. When I proposed this book on talking about protection magic and really getting into the nitty gritty, I wanted a, like a one-stop shop for someone who needs protecting. One book done. She reminded my publisher that I have spent the last 15 years in executive protection and I've been for the last 11 years I've been uh, a concealed carry license instructor firearms instructor um, women's self-defense instructor I offer free classes to anyone who um, has a, a current protection from abuse order like this is this is work that's very important to me I've, uh, I've done volunteer work for uh, people who are going into the domestic violence family courts Wow. We want an escort. Like this is this is my volunteer work. Bravo. And thank you so much. That is such important work to do. <laughs> thank you. Um I wanted to make sure that there was a place where people felt heard and seen as far as their concerns. So the book is broken up into mind, body, and spirit right now. We have we have psychic defense. We have individual exercises to help build that those skills. The physical talks about gardening for protection magic, the the shapes that you can make your garden into that can grow your protection while you're harvesting your herbs to work for protection magic later. It's a very layered approach. But in the body section, I wanted to include a a couple chapters on making sure that your body is as protected as your spirit. Uh, Because I've worked in protection for very long, 
there are some things that people need to know and that aren't usually taught and we don't really get the opportunity to understand what they are as witches. There are a lot of times where people say, oh, well, well, well harm none. Okay, that's a that's a conversation we can have, but there, that's not something that Mr. Bad Guy is going to want to hear when you're on your own in a parking lot at the mall at two o'clock in the morning. And that's not going to protect you very well either on its own. No, no, it's not. And it's, I, I teach escape and evasion training in the book. There's how to escape handcuffs, duct tape, rope, zip ties, a stalker following you home. If you're on the street, if you're in your car, like what to do, how to do, and how to keep your head. Uh, one of the things I, I teach is how to escape if someone wants to abscond with you. Right. Um, this is this is an unfortunate experience that I have lived through. Oh. This is not something I read in a book. This is not something that, you know, I took a class that so like I'm totally certified. Yeah. No, this is this is my actual life, and unfortunately, there are times when it is dangerous to be a witch. Yeah. I have lost count of the number of attempts on my life have been directly the result of my choice in religion. And it is not okay. When is this book expected to come out? And I'm going to pre-order this thing as soon as it's available. The minute it comes available. Um, we're looking at, uh, it's it's considered fall, but it, we're looking at probably like January. Okay, okay. And there's not a name for is there is there a tentative name? Blackthorn's Protection Magic, a Green Witch's Guide to Mad Mental and Physical Self Defense. This is also quite a departure from your other previous three books. Yes. Uh, yeah, this is this is really exciting actually. Not that your other books are not totally exciting, but just this direction. I'm digging that direction. Are you gonna do you think in the future for books you will branch out to other directions as well? Oh yeah, I'm I'm super excited. These are the things that I love, these are the things that, that mean a lot to me. So I talk about botanical protection magic and I talk about those things in this book, but it's so important to make sure that people understand that you're not less of a witch because you decided to protect your own life. And it's something that people deal with more often than we think. I've had so many people come to me and say, you know, thank you for talking to me. Thank you for being available because X gut-wrenching awful thing happened. And I felt as though I was I wasn't good enough to be a witch anymore because X thing happened to me. And that is so damaging. I, I talk in the very beginning of the book about toxic positivity and the things that the good vibes only crew, like this is not okay. That is, that is further victimizing people who have already had catastrophic things happen and you can't do that to people. And we touched on that a little bit last episode with uh, Rowan Badger. To be able to say no and to be able to say it's okay that I protect myself. Yes. That is the most important thing. Instead of I'm I'm not a good witch because I maybe I had to harm somebody or maybe I didn't want to protect protect myself because it would be against my my tenets or my ethics. So that's very important. That's a conversation that um I I I'll listen to it every time. So I'm absolutely going to uh, pre-order that book as soon as it comes out. I can't wait. And as a matter of fact, can we make a deal? Yes. Uh, when it comes out, I'd like to give a copy of it away. <gasps> I would love that. I would love that. Would you sign it? Of also? course. Excellent. All right. So when that book comes out, someone will get a copy of Amy Blackthorne's new book. Thank you very much for doing that. That's incredible. So, well... Amy, is there anything else you want to talk about about astrology that we may have missed that seems like something that is of great import? It's so important for us to acknowledge that 
retrogrades aren't the bad guy. <laughs> they get such a bad rap. That's what I said earlier, and I take it back. <laughs> so retrogrades are not the bad They're guy. They're just making room for new cool stuff. Well, as always, you know I love you. You know I do. And I think of you first anytime I'm like, I wonder who I know that would know about this. And I'm like, why do I even have to <laughs> guess? It's Amy Blackthorne. You are the most well-connected and very, very informed one of my friends that I, you're at the top of that list. So thank you so much for being on my podcast today. This is a very informative episode. I love informative episodes. I get told a lot in messages from people that are very complimentary about this podcast. And they say, you you know so much. And I'm like, I promise you, I looked that shit up. You know, <laughs> there are some things that I know that are described into my frontal lobe, but not everything. And I'm the first person to admit that. And uh, I really appreciate the episodes where someone really teaches everybody something and i learned a lot from you today so um again you can find amy's books under amy blackthorn wherever quality books are sold uh do you sell them also on your website i yeah i do i sell autographed copies oh, on my website store. and they they i couldn't believe they're literally everywhere i i found them on walmart.com and target.com and i'm like how did how did this how is this my life <laughs> That's fantastic. I I'm one of those people who want our friends to succeed, especially, you know, if it's somebody that you know and have a personal relationship with. And I am so happy to see you so successful in selling your books. I absolutely am thrilled you've got another book coming out. So we will, we'll talk again. Can we talk again after that book comes out? I'd love that. Amy, thank you so much for being here with me today. And I can't wait for you to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Here's a brand new episode every Wednesday, and as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear me speak about, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Wash your hands. Keep your social distance. Wear a mask, even if you're vaccinated. May you never hunger, and may you never thirst. As above, so below. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft, off the beaten path.